Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. It's been a, an interesting an interesting week. I think there's been some very mixed feelings about a lot of the cuts and all that's been going on. But before we get into any of that, Zach, sounds like you've had a had a stressful week. Um, <laughs> but how is life treating you? Uh, life's pretty good. School, you know, it's picking up. We're in week two now. We just we're wrapping up week two, and uh, classes have definitely kind of gone into full swing. Uh, assignments are are building up, but uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, how about you? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I think that uh, you know work has been busy, but not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, this week's really kind of flown by, and I'm really looking forward to this three day weekend coming up. Um, you know, maybe for you, that's just going to be a lot of kids partying. So, you know, your job's going to be hell, but, um, hopefully not. Hopefully you're able to enjoy that. And, uh, you got class off, right? Uh, yeah, this Monday it's a holiday. So hopefully, uh, everyone's enjoying the long weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that, you know, we haven't gotten into in a little while are some reviews. So we're running all the way back to, uh, July 14th. Um, wow. Long overdue. Yeah, it's long overdue. Of course, uh, this podcast has been in a in an interesting phase, um, but you know Zach has really really done well. Some of these are back from um, when Zach has been recording with us, and also a little bit of Austin as well. We'll just run it back. We'll start with uh, Luke in Tucson, who said, "Love this podcast. These guys deliver one of my favorites for Bears discussion and news. They are well informed and clearly take time to research their topics." Smart back and forth critical discussions. These guys are are fans, but don't pull any punches when necessary. You know, I, I'd say Zach. I think we're getting to that that point too, where you know we can be quite critical of this team. I, I think both. Uh, oh yeah. Both you and I have had our fair share of gripes. So I, I think especially that last line is is probably right on. And then July sixteenth, uh, Jumpy Chimp fan. It's a great podcast. If you like the Chicago Bears, then you will like this podcast. Hosts are funny and give in-depth information. 10 out of 10. Hey, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. And once again, did not preface um, this little segment with this, but if you do send in um, a review, uh, one thing that we do is is read them off on the podcast. So, um, you know, please be sure if you guys are enjoying the podcast, go ahead and, and drop that review and five star rating uh, if we so deserve <laughs> on Apple Podcast. Um, the next one comes from the PLZ Champ, uh, best Bears podcast. These guys have the best Bears podcast out there. I spend a lot of time on the road because I'm a truck driver and I always look forward to listening to the latest podcast. Very insightful and look forward to seeing this podcast grow because it's inevitable. Not only are those very kind words, but I think it always brings a smile to my face thinking that, you know, there's people driving around actually doing stuff. It just, it pleases me to think that other people are actually out there wanting to listen to my voice, which I find amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, we got to give a shout out to all the truck drivers out there. We love you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just making this country function, right? Um, C Barber 345 said, awesome show. I love your show and you guys are very informed and spot on. Keep up the great work. Appreciate that, C Barber. And uh special shout out to my mom, dropped this lovely review. Um said hey. my favorite Bears podcast, which I, I would hope so, right? It better be. It better be. If your <laughs> mom's the hosts gotta... are interesting and entertaining. If you love the Chicago Bears, you'll love this podcast. Um a little little bit of love there, I guess. Um <laughs> a lot of love, a lot of love. <laughs> But um, yeah, to, to kind of get into it, you know, once again, thank you all for your reviews. But, you know, we just had 
you know, the last and, and final preseason preseason game against the Titans. Um, also, you know, I, I don't know if we quite even commented on the Bills one in our last podcast, and there was kind of like a little bit of an error in uploading it. So maybe we originally had a rendition of those before, and then we had one after. So, yeah, ultimately this Titans game, you know, Fields gets to to hold that starting, you know, QB role, at least in the game, and, and came out and I think played pretty damn well. Um, <laughs> I, I think everything has pretty much been to form with him. There's been, you know, maybe a few downs, but he really seems to consistently be going out there and showing us, you know, basically the product that we think that we're going to get out of him. So, I know ultimately Matt Nagy made the comment that he lived up to all of our expectations and, you know, that whole argument out with the whole argument about him being the starter out of the question, just focus on his like on game performance. I don't think that he's really missed a beat. I mean, I I agree. I think that with the opportunities he's been given, he's, he's looked pretty damn good. Um, the the stat sheets doesn't you know it doesn't really jump out at you he in, at least in the titans game he threw seven for ten so it's 70 percent it's good but he only got 54 yards with that said he did get a touchdown um and no picks so you know nothing nothing to to complain about too much there uh i think given a little bit more playing time he could have done better but i mean if we just go ahead and double these numbers and say he played the full game he would be 14 for 20 with 108 yards. So killer. I don't a killer, killer stats. So, I mean, I'm I'm glad Bears fans are very excited and I'm excited, too. And, you know, the Bears looked really, really great in the second quarter. Uh, that last touchdown throw to uh, to Horstead was amazing it yeah, was just I think a that's, beautiful throw outside the pocket that's really what saved the game right that's why we can kind yeah. of come out here and be like oh he's still living up to expectations he made one very very good throw you know maybe the rest of the game was nothing amazing you know that that stat line and, and stats are stats but that right. stat line yeah you know, he wasn't the offense wasn't chugging down the field by any means but by any means <laughs> but he was getting the job done for the most part and you know, not every week is going to be beautiful. Um, and I think at the very least he came out there, played the half, and didn't make any huge mistakes. But that throw is what allows us to say that, you know, I think everyone does a nice little bit of icing on the cake to send out his preseason, right? And we can kind of, you know, go out on a high note almost like it feels like. Because it was kind of like the big last, like, hoorah, because now we know that Dalton's coming back in and starting this, this first game. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean... Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm the negative Nancy on this show, I guess. Uh, but I, personally, I was I was just kind of in my head going over, and I was thinking, if he didn't complete that throw, how would we feel about this last game he played? Well, that's fair enough. That's kind of the point that I'm making, right? You know, I, I think yeah. that it was just enough where we can feel really good about it. Um, yeah, without that throw. No, he's seeing a much more mediocre. I think then he's having like about a sub one hundred yard completely, pass. Completely, yeah, completely <laughs> scoreless first quarter, and then you know uh, almost a scoreless second quarter. Um, uh, it, 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 he, he, definitely covered his ass a little bit on that throw because I, I gotta be honest, I, I was thinking that I was seeing kind of not the greatest game out of Fields uh, personally. I mean, fifty fifty four yards and a half is not great. Uh, I understand the excitement behind him, but again, if this was Trubisky playing like this in the preseason, I think we would have a different spin. I think that's that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, you know, 
Right. The name and what's attached to it, you know, always brings a different set of feelings. I think we make a a lot of biases as sports fans. You know, you know, each player can come out. And I think Sam Darnold is someone that suffers from this. Right. He's a really heavily biased player. Um, You have to put everything into context. A hundred percent. Now, I'd say that, right, him going out there and, um, you know, not having a great game for most would not, you know, cause all this excitement. But we've kind of had all these positive feelings with him towards it. And if it was, for instance, like you're saying, the last year of Trubisky, where he's coming out here, he has a game like that, and everyone's just kind of raising their hands up and being like, well, we, he did exactly what we expected him to. They'd say that stat line be like, well, that's not that very... That's not that great of a performance. So I think as Bears fans, we are getting a little bit carried away. But. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, I, I, I every day I check in on, on Bears news and I, I see every single headline, you know, that was it. That game was enough to tell us he's the guy right now. He's and I, I just that's not the way I, I really saw it. I thought that he, he always shows flashes. But uh, the first of all, the team isn't perfectly assembled around him yet. And. You know, I, I know stats can lie, but he would have he he was on track to have 108 yards and two touchdowns, which <laughs> doesn't win games. It just doesn't. And and I can't help but think as somebody who really did love Mitch Trubisky and still does. I'm I'm still hoping for the best uh, for, you know, for his career in the future. But I can't help but think that if this was Trubisky out on the field who just threw seven for 10 for 54 yards and only one touchdown, that Bears fans would be calling to, to fire the entire front office. And, and I think that maybe it was the level of talent it took to have that last throw, you know, that it was he was running right side outside of the pocket. It was just the sideline throw, you know, put it right where only Horstead could catch it into almost kind of a, a little double coverage there. And it was just a dime. I mean, it was such a perfect throw. Nevertheless, it's like, okay, but it was one touchdown throw and a half, um, and he had 54 yards. You know, he played the whole first half. I, so, I can't help but just think that there's some level of bias that's a little hard to ignore here. But sometimes that's like what's needed to to get it done, though. You know, sometimes you just have like those. Once again, I think like we need to apply context because, you know, it could be any other star quarterback. If it's Russell Wilson that's having a really bad half, but that ended up being the deciding play, then we're going. Well, that's just what stars sure. do. They might not. They might not be having a great game, but when the moment comes on them, which you know, second end of the first half and uh, you know preseason game isn't that moment, but still, like you know, you rise up and you make that great play to make something happen. But I think overall, uh, you know, to kind of sum it all up, we are. Probably as fans, maybe a little bit over on him than we should be. But then again, I think he lived up to most of the expectations that we set for him. Um, and it just kind of leaves it on an in- interesting note because we're not going to see him take the first snap. So yeah. it, it was yep. really ultimately, I think, the preseason that was you know, going to leave an impact on, on Bears fans and a positive impact at that. Um, but you know, those feelings are going to have to be tempered for a little while longer because at least if everything goes to plan... Uh, he will not be out there for at least the, the first few weeks of the season, to say the least. Probably. Well, moving on from that, also in that Bears-Titans game, um, Alec Ogletree was paired up as the starting linebacker, and it seems like that's going to continue on into the regular season. 
I know Danny Trevathan is going to be out for the first few games of the year. And Ogletree, it almost kind of feels like he may have almost stolen that job from Trevathan. Or the way I'd kind of like to put it is I feel like if he comes out here and plays well, he could potentially steal the job from Trevathan. I I feel like this is an opportunity for him to come out and play well. I think we saw a lot of great things from the preseason. And, you know, without getting too much into the contract specifics, Danny Trevathan's getting a little bit older. He is not in the prime of his career. I think last year, some people were very critical of the, of him, but maybe a little too critical at times. But I think, nonetheless, he's starting to lack a little bit on pass coverage. So maybe if we can get Elk Ogletree in here and he's an improvement from him, he takes over. I don't know how you feel about that one, Zach. No, I mean, uh, I'm actually, honestly, I'm so excited about Alec Ogletree. He had such an amazing preseason, and, and you know, it seemed like the coaches had nothing but good things to say about him. Uh Consider this: he's he's two years younger than uh, than Trevathan. Trevathan has now had injuries in the last two years, I believe, uh, pretty yep. significant ones. Here he is starting off the season once again injured. Um, I think in combination with the way he played, uh, Ogletree that is, and uh, Trevathan's injury history, I don't see why we don't just start Ogletree and have Trevathan battle back for the starting job. I mean, you know, it, this is a business and. Uh, no hard feelings to anybody, but like if if you're not able to play, if you're constantly getting injured, and if somebody's out playing you, even if it's you know practice and preseason, give him a shot, see what he can do. He's younger, uh, he's you know potentially got a little bit more uh, gas still left in the tank. So I'm curious to see what Ogle, Ogletree can do in in the first three weeks, because as far as we know, Trevathan's injury is nothing serious and uh, could only last through week three or so. I think that's right now the current rules are if he's placed on IR, he, he can yeah. return by week three. Because um, it's a short-term so, IR, I believe. That's what it was designated as. Right. Yeah. It, I think I'm excited for it, right? You know, I, I think I share a lot of the same feelings as you. Is Best case scenario is we come out of here with a, a younger starting pair of linebackers that just moves a little bit quicker, breaks on the ball faster. I mean, I, I definitely feel confident what we have with Roquan and the pairing of him and Trevathan wasn't bad. I, I think that most of the linebacker problems the Bears had was depth at that inside position. I think they, you know, in past years, especially after they got out rid of Kwiatkowski, they didn't really have anyone they could lean on. And that would have been the case if Ogletree hadn't really kind of stepped up and played as well as he had all throughout this, you know, training camp and preseason. But now you get someone that's playing with some real momentum. And, that, and that's a, big factor that we don't like taking as sports is like yeah you know sometimes we reference it reference it with different sports like soccer like form but player form is a big deal and he's someone that had a really strong preseason and you know a lot of sports is just mentality and if he's coming out there firing off as well he was in preseason makes a few good plays early he's just going to keep growing that confidence and wanting to like hone in and get better so it's really a kind of a great situation for Ogletree where I think he's got a great chance of, of taking this all over and it could be a win for him and also for the Bears. That's why my ultimate takeaway is. No, absolutely. I mean, imagine if we didn't have Ogletree, what what kind of state we'd be in right now with that linebacker uh, position. Uh, it, it's it's we're, we're lucky that we got Ogletree and I think Ogletree is a little bit lucky that he's got us uh, in terms of just, you know, a chance to 
maybe potentially reinvent his career a little bit, you know, prove that he is a, a more than capable starter. Uh, from what we've seen in, in practice and preseason, I mean, he looks like a stud right now. So as you were just mentioning, like momentum is a big thing in sports. Sometimes it's it's a little bit underrepresented is, you know, how important it is. But he's he's got he's got the wind at his back and I'm, I'm hoping he can just carry us, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe someone that's going to be coming into the next, you know, you know, the rest of the regular season, a little bit of wind as back and into the next game week one would be Jesper Horstead. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how much we're going to get to see of him. Obviously, he's deeper down in the depth chart. Right. Um, you know, best case scenario, that third tight end. But he really came out 104 yards receiving, three touchdowns. I mean, just a monster game. Had that catch from Fields when Foles came out of the field, came, still came out and played hard, scored another touchdown. Like he was on fire for that game. And, and we've seen a little bit of that from Horstead in the past where he's had a couple good preseason games and maybe it just hasn't quite translated to the the regular season or he's had flashes in regular season where he kind of comes on a little bit later in the season and, and kind of becomes a red zone target. But, you know, after a game like that, do you go out there, do you throw him out and, and actually give him some playing time? Um, and see what he can do. Cause I mean, that was a pretty explosive performance. I mean, even it was a preseason game. So once again, we got worried about context, but it was a good showing. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. What a game, like three touchdowns. He, uh, he had like triple the, the total yardage over the, the next best player or the next best receiver yeah. uh, in the game. It was insane. Uh, over a hundred yards. Uh, honestly, you know, we we I've mentioned this in our last podcast. I think our tight end room looks really, really good. Cole Komet is obviously our future number one. I think he's already taken the the, the number one spot in the tight end room. Uh, Jimmy Graham is obviously a, a, a serviceable veteran who had he led our our team in touchdown receiving touchdowns last year. So the two of them paired together, I, I feel super confident about. And now here here's. Jesper Horstead coming in showing that he can he can hang with the boys and and obviously we have Jesse James as well uh who looked very good in the preseason yeah, as well very true so I think we got four tight ends that look like they are dangerous threats in the receiving game and uh I I gotta say just talking about a little bit of the the 53-man roster cuts not to jump ahead too much but <laughs> I I can't really figure out JP Holtz uh, I know he's been yeah. a special teams contributor but uh to see him make the roster was a bit of a shock, um, but uh, not to take away from from talking about Horstead because he deserves all the all the credit in the world for that for that game three. Um, well, and the interesting thing, I mean, now that you bring that up, like with Jesper Horstead and JP Holtz, it's gone back and forth. Where in the past couple of years, where I'm like, because they've both been on this Bears team before, where I'm like, yeah, hey, which one's actually better than the other? Because we don't. Once again, jumping way ahead. Don't need to have five tight ends on this team. That's excessive. Four tight sure. ends, sure. Your bare minimum is three. Four gives you a little extra security, but it really should stop there. You don't need a fifth. And, and logic would tell you by the way that Jesper Horst has been playing that J.P. Holtz would be that cut, which I guess they both played well enough, earned their spot on the team where that's not an issue. You know, we're not out here complaining that Jesper Horstead got cut, fortunately. But yeah, an interesting kind of note to take, and we'll certainly dive into that a little bit more later. And, 
you know, once again, another seamless transition. We're just these topics today are just flowing into each Smooth. other. Smooth. Perfect. Um, another kind of controversial, you know, roster thing is that the Bears need to have three quarterbacks. Now, not too much they can do about that. Nick Foles in that last Bears Titans game. He had himself a bit of a game, <laughs> right? Oh like, boy, did he? He Hang was on now. He did not look awful, and I think a lot of that was he was able to maneuver the pocket pretty well. The offensive line was not perfect, but they were able to give him enough where he was able to manage it, um, and was really able to just kind of take his time and either make the quick throw or find the right receiver. Just made a lot of really smart reads in that game. Um, when he was on the field, it seemed pretty quick, decisive. Offense looked very uh, functional. You can't complain too much about what he did out there. Uh, you can't complain at all. Uh, <laughs> look, he his first series was perfect. If I'm not wrong, he, he threw seven for seven or eight for eight with a touchdown throw. Scary. He came out there and sliced and diced that defense like it was nothing. Now, critics are going to say, well, it was third string, you know, third string defense out there which is a Maybe fair so. criticism it's which fair. is a fair criticism yeah that is that's true and he i think he even had a quote before the game saying you know i expect to basically just tear apart a third string uh defense they they're they're not going to do anything regardless regardless he went out there and did his job and he he just crushed it uh again not to to feed too much into the stat lines here but comparing fields and foals uh Foles threw for 142 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 10 of 13. Uh, that means if he were to have played the whole game, in theory, of course, it doesn't translate always, you know, uh, as it does off paper, but yeah. he would have been 284 yards as opposed to what would have been Justin Fields' 108. Uh, big difference. Big difference. I think not to just you know, be the, the Justin Fields hater. Cause I, again, I love the kid. I think he's absolutely our starter in week maybe four, but, uh, Nick Foles looked way more composed. He looked like he was running the offense like a well-oiled machine. Uh, no complaints. I mean, the entire game, not a single complaint. He played perfect. Uh, it, it's amazing that we have Nick Foles as our third string quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, I would like to see him get traded for some compensation just for the sake of cap room. But we we are sitting pretty in terms of uh, depth at quarterback. I mean, behind Justin Fields is the Super Bowl MVP, Nikki Nine Inch. Uh, <laughs> we we are. I don't know. I, I just thought to me, it's a little bit amazing when when Fields plays admirably. He plays fine. Um you know, he takes a sack. He only throws for 54 yards, gets a touchdown in, in the dying minutes of the quarter. And and there's a parade waiting for him. But here Nick Foles comes out, plays a perfect series, and we don't start talking about him until 23 minutes into the podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's I think it's just it says something Come on, about man. our bias. I, I, I love I love <laughs> me, my Chicago Bears fans. But oh, my goodness, do we do we just kind of hate on on, you know. Uh, some of the old heads and, and just look for the future constantly, but it's cool. I, I appreciate it. Look, let me, let me put this. You're speaking to it in a very logical way. And, and I think that there, there's some real things to, to take out of it. First off, we don't need Nick Foles at all that uh, you both, we, you address that. It would be good if we got any kind of compensation at all for him at all. Yeah. A conditional pick. Fine. Okay. Great. 
With that being said, I think you look at the way Nick Foles managed the offense and you look at the way Fields managed the offense, and it just shows you what Fields could gain with experience. It shows you, and look, I think that Fields should be ahead on the depth chart 10 times out of 10. I'm in the camp that would be fine with him starting the first game of the season. But you have to acknowledge the fact that one thing that Nick Foles did, okay, the reason why Jesper Horstead had such a big game, Nick Foles identified that mismatch and worked it all day. He worked Mm -hmm. it all day. And Justin Fields was not quite able to build that up as much in the time that he had out there with Jesper Horstead. So it just kind of shows you that, you know, the best quarterbacks in the game, they pick their matchups. Tom Brady in the past Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, he's picking his matchups. He did the same thing when he was on the Patriots. You know, you can go down the list. Patrick Mahomes, he, Tyreek Hill might have a huge game one week, and then the next game kind of fades off a little bit back because that's Kelsey's week. He finds the, the mismatch, and he's going to work it. And, and that's what Nick Foles did in this game. I mean, it was just uh, football, intelligence, IQ. He worked it. He knew where the defense was going to break down. And it just... It's what we're not quite seeing in fields yet, and it should make Bears fans excited because he can get even better and elevate his game, but admittedly, he's not there yet. No, I mean, you nailed it, That and I'm glad you brought up Tom Brady because I think that's something – Justin Fields has been getting by in part on his natural ability. He can run outside of the pocket. He can dodge defenders. He's, he's kind of showing you how – just naturally gifted he is right but in all honesty i don't see a ton of you know veteran football iq it's just and and how can you he's a rookie he hasn't played one single regular season snap nick Foles, as you just said identified a mismatch looked at it exposed it and just started picking the defense apart i mean he had his way with them argue that it was third string all you want it doesn't matter. I, I, you could see the veteran IQ on display. Why is Tom, why did Tom Brady just win a Super Bowl? If, if you had to pick, who's the more athletic and naturally talented <laughs> athlete right now? Is it Justin Fields or is it Tom Brady? Well, Justin I, Fields, I th- yeah. I think you'd be crazy not to say yeah. Justin Fields, right? Who do you think has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year? Tom Brady or Justin Fields? It's clearly Brady. Why you is that? You're gonna make me say it. <laughs> no, I mean, I know. All right, all right. Look, I'm not a, a big Brady fan either. You know, he's he's goated. Oh, we no, get I, that. I, I don't, it's not even like that. Like it's just like it's too obvious. But oh, yeah, right. I, actually, him, I don't mind him. Brady. No, I, he's like I said, love to hate him, hate to love him. Um, but 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 anyway, just seeing Nick Foles out there, it's likewise with Andy Dalton. I thought that when I really was scrutinizing the footage and I was looking over the the preseason games, I recognized that Andy Dalton was playing with a high level of IQ. He didn't, it unfortunately didn't translate at all into, you know, game, game time performance. He had that one great deep throw, uh, I believe to Adams, RIP Adams. But, uh, (laughs) but on like the first throw out there, he just, he saw the deep ball. He knew there was a mismatch. He went for it and he got it. And, And it was, it was a perfect, beautiful deep throw. I, I know that fields can grow into that and he inevitably will. He's shown all that star power, I, but he's getting by on athleticism and just raw talent when, when he can hone in and, and really start to develop, you know, his, his ability to, to read defenses, see when blitzes are coming, that kind of thing. He's going to be one of the best in the league. In my opinion, I think, I think Justin Fields is, is born to be a star, but, 
right now he he's just not there and and he's playing great as a rookie but i i think that behind a shoddy offensive line i'd rather see andy dalton out there or honestly nick Foles. i've said this before i think nick Foles should at the moment be our qb2 until we get all of our starters in there until we feel like we're fully healthy and we can we can keep the defense off the field for a while you know we're not going to go out there and three and out every play or every series yeah I think enough said there. Um, moving on past the uh, the Bears' victory over the Titans. Got to embrace every win. Um, just a little bit in the news this week. Uh, Bears are listening to trade offers for Foles, uh, speak of the devil, but will yep. only send him somewhere he wants to go. Um, you know, somewhat respect there, you know, for him. Not just going to dump him off on another team. Any, any quick thoughts on, on Nick Foles' uh, trade destination? You got any predictions? I got to say, that bugs me. That bugs me. That pisses me off. Uh, and all the good things I had to say about Nick Foles, although, you know, he still isn't great. But uh, <laughs> what is this? What is this only trading Nick Foles to places he wants to go? Who? Why do we all of a sudden care what Nick <laughs> Foles, like, are you kidding me? Is this not a business? Uh, where was this same level of respect for Allen Robinson? Why? Why weren't we coming up to meet his price? Why don't we we take him? Why don't we? Why don't we look at Allen Robinson and say that's the most talented player on the roster right now, Justin Fields included? Okay, he's the he's the well maybe not Khalil Mack, the most uh, talented offensive, ta- uh, whatever. That's a redundancy. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's I think it's a bit of a disrespect to other players how much respect we show to Nick Foles. We don't owe Nick Foles anything. He didn't do anything for us last year. He he hurt the team really badly. He went like 2 and 5 or something. It was <laughs> awful. Uh, the fact that we're we're being subservient to his trade demands is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. If we're trying to move off Nick Foles, give him to anybody. That will give us some compensation. Give him to the highest bidder, period. Who cares if he's happy about it? Who cares if he refuses to? That's not our problem. I, I don't I don't get it. That's that's something I'm, I'm a little hot about that. But I, we we made some roster cuts that were like not really understandable. And the and the fact that that we're looking at Nick Foles and going, well, we want him to be happy. We don't. Who gives a shit if he's happy? I don't know. That's man. It's a little mind blowing to me. Some strong feelings there. And you open up a whole other can of worms with that Allen Robinson. I think that our, our longtime listeners will know that Austin and I have been critical of Allen Robinson at times. I mean, I still definitely think he's one of the most talented players on the field, no doubt. Um, but I, I get what you're hitting at. That's We wouldn't have a show. We'd just be arguing. Um, some of the roster cuts you're hitting at, Rodney Adams, which – that one hurts off face value. That one just kind of stings to to see him go. And Desmond Trufant, who seemed like the probable second cornerback to, to be on the outside with Jalen Johnson at the beginning of training camp. And, yeah, no, that did not happen. In fact, he is off the team, had a very kind of manageable contract. He is gone. Rodney Adams, who had the great story with having a kid and then catching a touchdown in the preseason game, uh, is also gone. So that one hurt. I guess that, that big... It begs the question, you know, someone you brought up earlier, J.P. Holtz makes the roster over Adams, also makes the roster over Trufant. Making sense? Do you see the vision? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's a little confusing. Um, I I get that we're looking at some trades. Uh, I, I 
the, the argument has been made that J.P. Holtz is a special teams contributor. Uh, unfortunately, that leaves us with kind of a, this weird redundancy at, at tight end where now we have four receiving tight ends and one blocking tight end in J.P. Holtz. Um, I, I It felt like Rodney Adams was a roster lock. To see him go was amazing, um, in my opinion, because I, I felt like he could have been wide receiver three or four. Um, it, it it didn't it didn't I don't know it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I hear that there's there's some rumors now that we're looking to trade back for um, Bryce Callahan, which would be kind of cool to see him in the slot. But um, that it wouldn't be a bad cornerback. I, I think for the right price, uh, it would be perfectly fine to go out and get Bryce Callahan. He would hold down the slot quite well. And what were the point that you make about having the receiving tight ends? I'd even say Cole Komet, you know, is just a balanced tight end. He can block very well too, which there's True. E- even makes having another fifth tight end even more ridiculous. <laughs> but right. yes, the, right. Im- the imbalance and the skills there, having it so overloaded to one side doesn't quite make sense. Uh, don't quite agree there. I'm sorry, JP Halls, if you're listening. Sorry, JP. We love you, man, but you're <laughs> Bear there's down. too many of you. There's just, <laughs> it's not enough, you know, football to go around. There's uh, your position. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Bears made a couple additions as well. Uh, picked up Brashad Perriman through waivers. 27 years old. Um, played 2019 with the Bucks when they weren't good. And with the Jets, they, they haven't been good for a long time. Uh, <laughs> they 20, also weren't good. <laughs> Had uh, over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in those years. Um, pretty speedy guy. It has some decent size to him, too. I feel like it's a pretty good pickup to add to the room. Um, you know, someone that's played on some some fairly bad teams and still has some kind of production. Just someone that you hope kind of molds into the offense well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess he'd probably be like a fourth, you know, maybe a third in some sets uh, wide receiver. Uh, I don't see him making a huge climb up the depth chart. Allen Robinson and Mooney are for sure the solidified one and two. And, you know, kind of with the rest of the cast uh, of, you know, Bird and Marquise Goodwin, it, it's kind of a little bit of a guess as to where they're all going to kind of fall in line, uh, at least in my head, long term through the season, not quite on a depth chart. Depth charts are one thing, but they, they tell lies. They're not always accurate. Yeah. Right, um, right. So I don't know. How do you feel about Brashad Perriman? I'd say that I'm happy, but not too much to be excited about. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, you know, uh, five pennies to a nickel or something. I don't know what the expression would be there. but <laughs> Some old-timey like expression. Sometime, yeah, <laughs> some old-timey, some, some other people. I just felt like in Adams, we kind of knew what we had, and we knew the connection that he already had with Fields and even Dalton. It just felt like that that was something we should explore. That That seemed to be a guy that was kind of coming up clutch for us. And we're trading for a little bit of unknowns. We don't know, you know, we see their stat lines, but we don't know how they mesh with this offense. We don't know how they, how the their quarterbacks feel about them. If there's there's some sort of, as far as I understood, uh, Adams was training with uh, with Justin Fields like on the side, like they were they were working together, they were working out together, or something. Like I, I feel like chemistry is important. Uh, oh, it's yeah. more important in, in games like basketball, right, where you see that you can have the the most well-assembled team with just talent all over the place and and they come up short why because they they hate each other or they you know there's no chemistry there in football it's it's similar between quarterbacks and receivers they got to kind of know each other they got to 
they got to sort of get w- w- what their strengths and weaknesses are and where they like to, when they like to cut, how hard they like to cut this and that. So, time, you know, it's just there's timing. So much it's a it. huge yeah. thing. So, so, you know, I'm happy we, we picked up some other guys. I just don't know what to say about them, really. I don't really yeah. know these guys other than what I see on paper. I didn't watch any Jets games. I don't think anybody in, in the world was watching the Jets last year. <laughs> um, well, Brashad Perriman, I'll say, like, I, I you know, I've watched him play. I, I like his game. I don't think he's necessarily spectacular, like, in, in anything. I think that his speed is a very nice pickup. But once again, like... We have those speedy receivers. I don't know. Right. We we overvalue a little. Well, I don't know about overvalue, but we value very highly speed in the Nagy system. Uh, it seems like he has purposely gone out and looked for for speed above just about everything else. Um, you know, route running, catching hands, all that's secondary to speed. And uh, we'll see if it if it works. Well, you know, I, I guess he hasn't. Nagy feels like he hasn't gotten the the level of speed. That he he's wanted in previous years, and and it looks like this year he's really gone gone super hard on it. So, <laughs> where's Darius Hayward Bay when you need him? <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Bears also add returner uh, Nasimba Simba Webster Simba. <laughs> off waivers. Um, you know, not a surprise. The running game in the or running game, ugh. returning game in the preseason was very less than spectacular. In fact, it was like a tragedy. Um, and he'll more than likely be the starting returner. Show decent amount of promise with some with the Rams, um, but and signed with the 49ers, but got cut this offseason. You know, good pickup. Once again, another another fast guy <laughs> to add to the wide receiver group. Um, I don't yeah. know how much he will contribute on the offensive side of the ball, but it seemed like the Bears found it worthwhile to take a roster spot for someone that's primarily going to be a returner, which I agree with for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's an important role in the team, obviously. I just think we're going to miss Cordero Patterson. Yeah, uh, yeah. this year, big time, because not only was he our returner, but he started to, to show up in the, the receiving in the run game uh, and had some pretty crazy games last year. Uh, it was impressive to see. So I, I hope I hope we get a good special teams unit out there. But uh, I, I think I'm going to be missing Cordero Patterson, man. That guy was legendary. Yeah, I mean, certainly in the return game, I think he brought the best. I think he was underutilized by the Bears in the receiving game. And yep. using him in the run game was a little bit of a niche thing that worked all right in some games, and some games was terrible. Yeah, it was um, a bit gimmicky, but yeah. it, it, it had flashes. Right, exactly. Um, it was not quite like the Ty Montgomery, Montgomery story, like his first year as he converted from wide receiver to running back with Green Bay. Um, and then not too much came after that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, not too much else to be said there. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up. It's gonna be a little bit lengthy though. Uh, we're just kind of gonna go through the current Bears roster and the, their position groupings and give them some some good old grades. Um, it, overall, I think that this Bears roster it, it's interesting from front to back. There's a lot of really kind of bright spots. You've really touched on it well with the tight end groups. I mean, this is the best tight end group this Bears team has had in a long, long time. Long um, time. I thought the wide receiver group had really strong ability to be that. I think they can still be very good. The roster choices, 
maybe not having Rodney Adams hurts a little bit. He wasn't someone that we were counting on, but looked like someone that might be um, a good weapon for us to have. So, yeah, we'll just go ahead and rip through them um, and, and deliver some opinions along the way. Starting off with that quarterback grouping, talked, beat this topic to death this preseason, this quarterback yeah. group. Um, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Nick Foles. I, I think there's two ways that you can look at grading this, right? You can look at um, kind of grading it with the bias that you don't agree with Andy Dalton being the starter, or you just take all the positions at face value and say, this is what they have and this is the depth that they have. I think you can give that room like a B with the ranking of being like, they have a Super Bowl champion who's literally the QB3. The uh, up-and-coming quarterback is looking very promising and played you know, pretty well most of the time throughout the whole preseason. And then Andy Dalton that maybe we're not necessarily thrilled with, but seems serviceable, didn't look great in the preseason. So I think you can give it a B there. You can look at it in the lens of, well, with Nick Foles gone, with the bias of, well, I don't like Andy Dalton being the QB1 and easily give them like a C or a C-. minus. But I think a B, if we're just looking at who they have to work with, I think it's a B for that quarterback room. I don't think I could say it any better myself. Uh, yeah, I'd say I, I'd almost bump it up to a B plus. In a, okay. I know I've been crapping all over the quarterback <laughs> room a little bit, but uh, no, I, I think I think Bears fans are going to be pleasantly surprised by the quarterback play. Uh, whoever's out there on the field, honestly, um, I think Nick Foles is is his you know reputation speaks for itself. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's the Tom Brady killer, and he's our friggin third string quarterback so we better be good um yeah i'd say b is pretty fair there you go um glad we can agree on that <laughs> um running back room david montgomery damian williams khalil herbert um, not included as Tariq cohen which is almost a whole other subject that we could have talked about Ooh, on itself yeah. um Tariq cohen on the physically unable to perform list uh, seems like he probably had to have another surgery, but the Bears do not want to disclose it. Which They're means, being dodgy about that. Yeah, which means he probably had a surgery. <laughs> uh, guaranteed. Yeah, I, that's that's too bad because he's a he's a Swiss Army knife for us, and uh, there's been just a lot of shrouding around his his condition, his health when he's coming back. Um, I. Yeah, I wish the best for him. I, I wish he was on our team. I, I have a feeling we're not going to see. Tariq Cohen till very late in the season, and there's a good chance we don't see him at all. Yeah. No, I very seriously believe we might not see uh, Tariq Cohen this year, especially if he is, you know, as a whole, our surgery has to recover from, you know, not a lot of details there. I'm sure for a good reason. They want to leave teams guessing if he'll be out for the whole year, be able to come in at some point along the way. I think looking at this room, you always been a fan of David Montgomery. I think he definitely has some things that he has shortfalls in his game, but I think he's a strong running back, um, strong starting running back. Damian Williams, Cleo Herbert. I, I like that the Bears really brought some depth to the running back room. It was screaming for it last year. It had none. Yeah, um, Damian Williams, Cleo Herbert, both bring a little bit different in the game, but they're both pretty serviceable in the fact that they can catch balls out of the backfield. Um, Khalil Herbert kind of had that, oh, he might be the return man kind of potential, but it's not really looking like that right now. But also, I, I think that he still played well within the offense. I think this group is, again, another, I want to say it's a B group again. Uh, it's They're not exceptional to me. Um, they, they're not in that A caliber. 
I think if they had a really strong number two for David Montgomery, I could give them an A. But I think that Damian Williams is a, is a good backup, and Khalil Herbert also serves in there for a little bit of spice. I, I think that that's what I'd I'd go for him on them. If yeah, if Tariq Cohen was in here, this would be an A A plus room in my opinion. Uh, maybe not A plus, but definitely A range. Uh, Damian Williams. I'm sure you know he's he's got a little uh got a little experience under his belt. Other than that, we I'm sure he's we got, a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, Claire Herbert, you know, we got a rookie uh, third string. We just don't have we don't have a lot of intel on this. David Montgomery, I think yeah. Montgomery is great. I think he's going to grow into be one of the better running backs in the league. Uh, the way he breaks tackles is just amazing. But yeah, we just we don't have a lot of experience with with Tariq Cohen. We'd be looking pretty but without him we're it's a bit of a question mark i think b is pretty fair moving on to the wide receiver room this is gonna be an interesting one i'm curious to see how you're feeling about the wide receiver group alan robinson strong start darnell mooney um, i think a lot of bears fans are pretty high on him then we get into marquise goodwin damian bird brashad perriman nasimbo webster there's a part of me that's screaming saying okay this is absolutely the best wide receiver room that the Bears have had in a long time. But there's also a part of me that's saying, okay, after Darnell Mooney, how much faith do we really have in guys like Marquise Goodwin, Damian Bird, and Brashad Perryman? To me, like I really want to I'd really want to jump off in a ledge and be like, this wide receiver group is gonna pop off this year. They could be an A grouping. But then there's also the part of me that's just like this is a Chicago Bears, <laughs> and things with wide receivers just do not go right, do not go to plan. The passing game does not work out. And I'm honestly, I'm going to give them like a C plus. I think that it has a really good wow. start out. I think, okay, Allen Robinson is good. Top 10 receiver in my book. I think Darnell Mooney has top potent- 10. Yeah, top 10. He's not top five Hang receiver. On. Uh, Hang could- on. No, Hang no. on. Pause. <laughs> pause. Pause the podcast. <laughs> You're saying he's not top. Allen Robinson, you don't believe, is a top five receiver? No. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's that's the craziest shit I've heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, I think okay, I think bro. he could be. I could think he could be number number four or three in the entire league. Um, okay. I don't think that there's. I think that there's a very tiny list. I'm 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 gonna let you finish, but. <laughs> Uh, I'd say like he's probably like seven. Oh, bro, no, <laughs> he's he's like he's like maybe four. Okay, uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Allen Robinson. Nah. That's it. That's how I'd go. And, and then and then I mean Julio Jones is old. Uh, a, a Michael Thomas is great, but I don't. Let's you know I don't know. I don't he had know a how weird I feel about season last year. He had a weird season. AJ Brown is up and coming. You know, he's 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 fine. I like AJ Brown a lot. He, he's upcoming. He's upcoming. These guys, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, they are not beating Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has been receiving I'm like I'm a Keenan Allen from fan Trubisky, bro. From Trubisky. <laughs> and and look at the seasons he's had with Mitchell effing Trubisky, okay? And Nick Foles. No, Allen Robinson is is I'm gonna say it right now. He's the number four uh, <laughs> receiver in the league. Per- period. So just by that default, okay, um, they're above a C. There's no way this receiving room is a C. No, it's uh, a C. I'd also time. say that. Oh, jeez, oh, come on, now we're splitting hairs here. 
Uh, <laughs> what? Dude, there are better I, wide receiver rooms in this league. Like, this is an above-average Darn- receiving room. Darnell Mooney, okay, looked like a complete stud last year. I was amazed There's- that this late, late draft pick was like, he shot, shot up. He beat out two receivers ahead of him. And now he's our number two, no question, right? This this kid's got to talk about a bright future. Uh, you want to talk about A.J. Brown. Darnell Mooney is being overlooked. I think we have a one and two that's going to pack such a punch. Once, once we get a quarterback in there that actually knows how to find them, this wide receiver room is I, – I think it's deadly. Personally, personally, I'd go with your first instinct. I'd say that this is an A. That's fine. You can stick with that. I think they're dying for another receiver. They're one receiver short here for sure. I, I think this unfortunately goes back to Tariq Cohen where Tariq Cohen was a sort of like nah, dual threat. He wouldn't make the uh, difference, man. There's already too much oh, speed in there. Look, no, look, look, look. That's fine. What? <laughs> you, you can stick with the A. I'll give him a C plus. We'll see how it shakes out. There, there I, I, a, yeah. I'm telling you, Allen Robinson is going to get the only 1,000-yard receiving year, and Darnell Mooney might get close. I don't know about all that. I think I think I think Allen Robinson is about to have a career year. I think we're about to see Allen Robinson play himself into one of the most expensive receiving contracts in the NFL. Um, that's just my that's my prediction. I we'll think see, I, I think, can see him having a very good year. I mean, I I could see. Him I hope it's f- us that's resigning him, but somebody is going to sign that man to potentially one like maybe the most expensive. Uh, contract a receiver has in the nfl and he'll deserve it i mean he's that i think he's that guy yeah we'll see the last time the bears committed to giving money to a receiver was brandon marshall so (laughs) that that didn't that didn't go so well (laughs) but at the tight end room jimmy graham cole Komet, jesse james jesper horstead jp holtz um i say b plus for that room uh i'd say that cole Komet is up and coming. I I don't think he's ever going to be in a thousand yard receiving tight end ever in his career, but he brings so much more to this um, team. If he catches, if he goes for 500 receiving yards and then also brings his blocking ability, that's a great year. It's a great year for that bears team. Um, Jimmy Graham, you know, last year he was so crucial to this team. Uh, I mean, literally without his red zone touchdowns, they would have been nothing on offense. So I, I think that a lot of people get, bias with him because of his contract but if you just look at his play he played at least played the role that they needed him to play jesse james has came out and looked good jesper horse that has looked good got some real depth here jb holtz is just a little extra um icing on top i, I feel really confident saying it's a b plus which is saying a lot because that was a room that last year well maybe not last year but the two years before that back in in yeah. 2018 when it was just trey burton and them or the year that trey burton got hurt and they had literally no one um, yeah, those were like C minus kind of rooms. So, uh, a big, big step up there. Yeah. I think, I think the years you just listed, uh, with Burton, I mean, those were like almost C minus D plus D like those, <laughs> those were we had yeah. We had really awful, awful runs with tight ends. I, as much as I've, I've praised the room, I think a lot of it is more about potential or what Cole Komet could become. Uh, he's, he had a great first year, but we still need to see some growth. He's he's definitely a well-rounded tight end. Um, I I'd go with uh, yeah, a good B plus potentially at the end of this year. They could prove to be you know an A minus or an A tight end room. I think that they have that potential. 
I think with Jesse James and Jesper Horsted, what he showed in that last game, I mean, if we can get even a fraction of that, uh, we could undoubtedly have have a A-rated tight end room. And I'm really hoping we do. I think that the tight ends might almost outshine the wide receivers, Allen Robinson excluded. But uh, <laughs> That's what they're saying. We're about, to, we're about to make a statement here. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I, so I think, I think the wide receiver room looks – looks great with Rob and any room with Robinson and, and now with Mooney in it I'm I'm super happy about but but our tight end room is also looking pr- pretty studly uh JP Holt I I feel like could eventually be a, a roster casualty um I think that if we are looking at trades or something we could end up seeing him go as he's just a redundancy but but who knows I mean it could end up actually being Horstead and and maybe in week two or three we we look and just go he has not contributed and we actually cut Horstead and keep Holtz I could see that happening too yeah they could certainly make a move within the tight end room I mean they do have excess at the position and one thing also needs to decide man wide receiver rooms and tight end rooms really complement each other you have a good tight end room it's really going to bring up that wide receiver room they both help each other out the fact that the Bears have gotten so much stronger there um, it's just going to be so much nicer for this passing game. So overall, it, it's yeah. a good thing, and um, you know, it, it just goes without saying. You have you take away less pressure on those receivers. Um, they can basically have more opportunities to have bigger plays, and vice versa. You know, you have attention in the wide receiver room. Tight ends get a little bit less attention, creates mismatches and matchup problems all over the field. This is a win-win. <laughs> Moving on to the o- offensive line which is not as much of a win-win. Yikes. Starting off at the tackle position, Jason Peters, the seasoned veteran, um, Jermaine Effetti, Larry Borum, Elijah Wilkinson, Lachavius Simmons, and Tevin Jenkins starts out on IR. So that that just sounds not good. (laughs) Reading that off the top of my head, that's not promising. Man, man. and we can just rip through the whole offensive line and give like individual grades on each set. But at the offensive guard position, a little bit better here. James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Alex Bars, and Sam Mustafer as the center. I think that for the interior grouping, I don't feel bad giving that a B to B plus. Um, for the tackles, that's like a C minus, honestly. D plus. It's just... Oh, I'd easy it's a d the tackles were we're in deep doo-doo guys um <laughs> i i you know i'm hoping i we are i i hope that our tackles can prove us wrong and jason peters Effetti, borrow all you guys if you guys are listening please prove me wrong but uh because you know that they listen to this podcast but of course i i think our guards are you know our interior line looks looks good. I think James Daniels, Cody Whithair are proven proven studs. Uh, Sam Mustafer really stepped up, and I think Alex Barris has a lot he's, of potential. He's a big he's boy. Good depth. At the very least, he's great depth. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I, I think I feel confident and good in the interior, and then just awful about the exterior. And the problem awful. is with the offensive line, it's just so explo- easy to exploit weaknesses. So all right. that good that you've done on the interior is just not going to mean nearly as much. It's just the it's tackles be totally are, undermined. Yeah, it's going to drag the rest of the grouping down with them. So if you had to give them an overall grade, you can sink shrink that like right back down to like a C minus overall because that tackle grouping is just going to be um, dragging them down so far. But 
you know, at, yeah. at least the personnel there on the interior is good. And if we can keep a good, healthy line, we can just hope to build some good chemistry and, and improve from there. Uh, flipping over to the other side of the football defensive line, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Kyrus Tonga, Ooh. Angelo Blackson, and Mario Edwards uh, having a suspension early on, but we'll, we'll be on the roster. Um, you have to feel pretty good about this group, right? I mean, there's not too much to complain about other than maybe some worries about injuries. Um, but I think that having Eddie Goldman back is a huge, um, just a huge person to have back. You can't really say too much. Um, Bilal Nichols was serviceable trying to replace him, but now he gets to go back and play his natural position um, at end. And then also Kyrus Tonga saw some good things. Um, along with Angelo Blackson, I think that's in decent depth. This defensive line struggled to get some pressure on the quarterbacks in the preseason a little bit, which is a little concerning. Um, and of course, Mario Edwards, when we get him back, I think he's someone that had a huge impact last year and can only hope for him to, to build a bigger and bigger, even impact on this defensive line. So I'd say overall, I'd have to maybe give him an A minus here with a caveat of saying, I really hope we can start getting pressure on the quarterback. It was discouraging in the preseason. Yeah, I think injury permitting, injury and uh, uh, suspension permitting, uh, <laughs> this this group deserves an A. I mean, Hicks, Goldman, Bilal, Nichols, these guys are, you know, these guys are big boys. They're, yeah. uh, they're dogs. It's so, an elite uh, defensive line, you know. Not, not a lot of teams no can doubt. feel that good about um, at least that front three. And luckily the Bears have even better edge rushers, um, well, at least in the name of Khalil Mack. But it, it's just, it's such a a luxury that I don't think us Bears fans have quite noticed all the time. Cause we do get so focused in on our edge rushers that man, like when Akeem Hicks is on his game and healthy, he is such a disruptive. Oh, he's, he, he's just an animal. I mean, when Hicks, when Hicks is healthy, like I, I think he's someone that gets overlooked a lot. He's got a big personality. So sometimes he'll draw attention back, but <laughs> just in terms of, of what he, he does to disrupt the, the, the offensive linemen, it's, it's, a Khalil Mack, I don't think would have had that that season a few years back had had Akeem Hicks not yeah, no been way. there, no, you know, I causing don't. trouble up the middle. So, yeah, absolutely. So feeling pretty good about an A minus A on that defensive line, and moving on yeah. to the edge rushers: Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, uh, Jeremiah Tachu, and Travis Gibson. With Robert Quinn, just he's the, he's the letdown out of this group. I think what I saw of Atachu in preseason was was good. Um, I wasn't extremely blown away, but I think he played uh, well. And Travis Gibson, I think, is someone that could really end up developing into um, maybe at the end of Khalil Mack's time here, which I don't... I know people have a bunch of different guesses on when that could be, but you know, if we're saying hypothetically a couple years down the road, I could see Travis Gibson being the person that's accompanying him, but he still probably needs a little bit more time uh, developing and getting to that role. But yeah, Robert Quinn's really the only one that drags this list down. Um and I think just on the fact that you have Khalil Mack alone, like you have to give it an A, right? As far as edge rushers, even with yeah, even with Robert Quinn being as as much of a letdown as he is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to have like a defensive MVP kind of a caliber player and then be like ah B, like you know, <laughs> Khalil Mack alone, just playing the the with no depth behind him, with children behind him, would almost just make that that position an A. Uh, Robert Quinn was absolutely a letdown. Uh, last last year, I, it's amazing how much worse he played last <laughs> year. 
I mean, really, it is. He had <laughs> he had eleven and a half sacks in in Dallas, and he came here and had two. Yeah, two. What yeah. what happened? I mean, he's never had less than four in his entire career, and and I think he. I don't even know if he played the whole season. I think he played like half the season. He was hurt or something uh, back in twenty sixteen. Like, just it's scary because he's getting older. He's 31, you know, he's going to be 32 probably by the end of the season. Uh, it's, it's in theory, he's only getting worse. He's kind of a speedy edge rusher. Uh, I, God, do I hope he, he pulls it together because he's, he's on a big contract. He's, he's going to play a big, important role for us on the, on the, the right edge. And he, he's got to come through, man, or we're not going to have the same pressure that, that we were, we're hoping for. And, and so, he could hurt that room. I think that room just with Khalil Mack permitting that he's also healthy, which it looks like he is. I think it's an A A plus. But um, but yeah, Robert Quinn is is a part of this equation. He <laughs> could drag drag the room down for real. Yeah, I think the unfortunate part it really just seems like he probably lost his step. You brought up the the topic of age, and I think it was a little bit of a question mark when he was brought here. How much longer would he have it? And it seems like he may have lost it over that off season, which yeah is unfortunate. It does happen though. Um, and moving on to the inside grouping, Roquan Smith, um, who will be forever underrated, I think. Uh, I think I recently just saw an article that he has left off the NFL top 100, right? Which kind of wow, that boggles wow. me. Wow, <laughs> um, that's amazing because he's he's yeah, that's amazing, right? Alec Ogletree, Christian Jones, Joel E.A. Bunue, Caleb Johnson, and Josh Woods, Danny Trevathan to start season on three game short term IR. Roquan Smith, I, I I can't say enough good things about him. I feel like he's just gonna keep developing into it. I don't know. Like honestly, I feel like he could develop into like a Patrick Willis quality inside linebacker or have that kind of career. Um, at least a London Fletcher. He kind of has like the London Fletcher level of appreciation where just mm. no one gives him a shot, but he's just quietly out there just playing amazing week in week out um alec ogletree uh, we both talked on this earlier feeling really good about kind of his career trajectory at this point in time and feels like he could possibly nab that starting position christian jones i just i don't know in preseason was not blown away and his previous time with the bears was not really blown away either so i guess i'm not overly impressed with christian jones and joel iabunue I think has had his moments, has some really good flashes. I think is very at the very least quick to the ball. Um, and I think will serve as some good depth in this linebacking room, linebacker room. Josh Woods, never really blown away by him. Uh, I think that, he, yeah, him and Christian Jones, not quite over the moon about. I think overall I give this, I, with Roquan in there too, I got to give him an A. I mean, I just can't. Like, I think that if you make that, Ogletree and Roquan Smith, I think that can actually end up being a pretty deadly uh, middle linebacking group, to be honest with you. No, I, I think when we get Danny Trevathan back, this room is undoubtedly an A. Uh, Roquan Smith, I think Roquan Smith doesn't get the love just because we have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, you know, Eddie Jackson on the team where we just got, you know, we got pro bowlers like left and right where, wherever you look on our defense. So, but, but, Long term, I'm talking four or five years down yep. the line. 
Roquan Smith will be the centerpiece of our defense, yes. without question. Yep. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I, I think, is going to stay there, too, hopefully for years to come. But Roquan is the centerpiece of this defense long term. Uh, we we will never let this man go, I guarantee it. Unless he's severely hurt, uh, Roquan is just he's, – he's, he's got a brilliant IQ. He makes tackles everywhere. He's so damn fast. Uh, it, it just, I, I, for him to not be crack the top hundred is amazing. It's I think he's just overlooked. The middle linebacker position just isn't as like coveted as it used to be. I mean that ended it's with not like as sexy, you know. Yeah, it just ended with like honestly ended completely with like Patrick Willis. But then before that, it was like Ray Lewis and Erlacher. But you talk about like the eighties and nineties was all about what middle linebacker you had. I mean like Mike Singletary is one of the most famed Chicago Bears players. Dick Buckus, you know. It's the middle yeah. linebacker that ruled like the early NFL. And then, you know, as the game shifted a little bit, it became so much about edge rushers, outside linebackers, those type of players, uh, defensive ends. So, yeah, I, I think that does certainly play a little bit into it. But like you said, this is a pretty great grouping. I think a couple of depth pieces you can complain about a little bit. Um, and, and actually, Caleb Johnson didn't touch on him too much, but he was damn good in special teams. So I'm not surprised that they ended up keeping him. Um, I know there was a lot of criticism about them keeping seven uh, inside linebackers, which at first I was like, what the hell? And then they announced the Danny Trevathan injury and it made a bit more sense. You know, maybe they're carrying one more than they really should be there then. But yeah, I mean, that's just being pretty nitpicky, honestly. Yeah, I think I think that they're they're being a little safe just in terms of injuries, trying to make sure, well, you know, what if Ogletree goes down or something? Do we do we still have five people? Uh, you know, on on the depth chart, I think I think we could see someone get cut or traded eventually. Um, you know, EA Bounier, uh, potentially, um, but or maybe Josh it, Woods. It but seems I, like they I, love I, Josh I, Woods, but I would say Josh Woods. Like that'd yeah, be my. Nomination. I may agree with you there. <laughs> I think I agree. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a little bit of excess of depth depth, but uh, Danny Trevathan on on IR is is clearly reason for that but i i think this room is is an a yeah moving on to the cornerback position this is where it really gets interesting yeah, um, this is where it gets interesting for sure jalen johnson kendall vildor xavier crawford duke shelley and Artie burns actually got cut um so and just got brought back oh really was that what it yeah, was they did, didn't they i think they just brought him back like yesterday or today okay. um, they cut him for some sort of a roster move thing and now, now he's as far as i know he's back Okay, so well, that, that makes that makes a little bit more sense in context. When it was originally four corners, I was like, "Yeah, that's not enough depth." <laughs> um, that was scary. Yeah, it, though, and still five like is just doing what you need to, in my opinion. Um, to have five corners, I think that's like the bare minimum you should have. Jalen Johnson, of course, bright spot hasn't had a pick in the NFL yet, but um, a lot of pass breakoffs, great kind of. Uh, maybe not great quite yet, but getting to that great corner. Um, Kendall Vildor saw some good things with him last year. Do we want to trust him completely as an outside corner? I guess we're going to have to is kind of what it's come down to, um, at least more than Trufant. <laughs> um, and Xavier Crawford, Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley's actually been on this team for a while now it seems like um it has been really good depth corner when he's needed to step into that nickel position he's performed very well Artie burns i, I agree with them retaining him i was actually gonna be upset if they lost him i think overall oh, this is such a hard one 
like between a B plus and a C or a, between a C eh, C plus and a B minus is like which one do I want to go with here? That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I totally agree. I think that it's a pretty weak room. Um, I'm nervous. Uh, Jalen Johnson Johnson is on his way to being a great corner. Uh, other than that, I I don't know anybody. Everybody else is just a bunch of you know. It's concerning. It's guys. concerning. It's very it, concerning. It's. This is a cornerback grouping that might really struggle, and the plight of this Likely defense will. might be this game picked apart. I yep, mean, yep. not to jump the gun, I would say like they do have some safety help. Eddie Jackson to Sean Gibson, I believe in how they play. So in your base package is going to be Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor, but as soon as we start getting into kind of more of those nickel packages and then boom, if like someone like Duke Shelley goes down, Xavier Crawford, Artie Burns goes down on one of those three, we're really extending this room. They're probably going to have to sign a free agent at that point in order to fill a gap. It's it's just a little bit of a mess here, and I'm not, yeah, I'm just not bought in. I uh, I got a question for you. If someone, perhaps Richard Sherman, were to be made <laughs> available, how would you feel about uh, signing him? See, Austin was always the much bigger Richard Sherman fan than I was. Um, you're not, not you, you nothing, don't you don't like him as much. No, nothing that I have against him. Um, I think that he once was spectacular, and I, I think that you know he didn't play awful on the 49ers. He was still pretty good. Um, I don't know. Do do you like that? Would you like to see a Jalen Johnson Richard Sherman pair? Richard Sherman pairing like at. In my opinion, the say, Bears this, pick up enough, point, like kind of, they pick up enough kind of end of their career corners as is. Like, I know Austin always enjoyed Prince Amukamara, and I was like, yeah, he's good, he's a super intelligent player, but man, is that dude getting beat after like ten yards? <laughs> right. right. No, Amukamara was was fine, but but definitely, uh, you know, we needed to part ways with him. Here's the thing: at this point, personally. Assuming Richard Sherman's mental health is okay and he's he's you know feeling well enough to play um that he's feeling well enough to play football right now I would I would love to see Richard Sherman get signed but but those conditions would have to be met right like he would have to be you know cleared by mental health professionals because you know i I don't want to go too much into it but you know guys can have bad days guys can have bad months um i don't think that that should should be the cap on his career uh necessarily and and a team like us like we need the help we need even if he plays like an amukamara i mean would you rather have all things aside right all things equal would you rather have richard sherman or Kindle Vildor. I don't even <laughs> think it's a question. It's like, yeah, I'll take the Pro Bowler. Thank you. Even at 33 years old, I will. I will happily take a Pro Bowler over Ken, Kindle Vildor as my number two. I'm scared. I mean, Richard Sherman would almost be the number one, maybe even above uh, 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 Johnson. Um, I don't know. I, I think that we we absolutely should be looking for a trade or a free agent. And, and right now Richard Sherman is sitting at, on his couch, just, you know, eating Doritos or hopefully eating something better than that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think if we could pick him up on a, on a cheap contract, I do not see why not. 
I think it's tough to argue against that viewpoint because, yeah, I don't think we can just put blind faith in the Kendall Vildor. I do think he has upside. Um, and I guess we're really, we're really going to get to see this year. <laughs> we're really yeah, going to we get to see. And to round it out, did I? Did we both give grades on that? Yeah, you said. I think you said like a C. Okay. Oh minus. yeah, we were both we we're both between the the B minus and the C plus, pretty much, right? Like, I think I might. I think it's a solid C. I don't think that it's even C. close okay. to a B minus. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I think, I, you know, I may put a little bit more stock into Vildor than you. Maybe that's where we're a little bit disagree. But I'm still not 100 percent bought in by any means. Yeah. And at safety, Eddie Jackson, Tashawn Gibson, DeAndre Houston, Carson, Dion Bush. You know, if Tashawn Gibson was like a, a like if Tashawn Gibson was just a bit better, this would easily be an A room. Um, I, I do like Tashawn Gibson. I just feel like that kind of we'll see how he works in size defense. At least last year, it was not working out that well because it just seemed like we weren't using him aggressively enough, and it's just he wasn't coming up and making the stops in the running game that he needed to be. But I think this is still easily and, and like this is may even be conservative to me this is a b plus grouping um i think i i like eddie jackson's game a lot um to sean gibson i think is one of the better threats to at least get interceptions um in the secondary deandre houston carson's been some good depth very serviceable on special teams and Dion bush can play either of the safety positions he's kind of like the ultimate depth tool to have at safety i feel pretty good about this room uh yeah, I, I am a humongous Eddie Jackson fan. I think Eddie Jackson is amazing. I, I actually <laughs> love your life. Uh, yeah, he is. He if he needs a another best friend, I'll be <laughs> now, like during his rookie year. I actually I, I had a discussion with my buddy. Uh, I said I think Eddie Jackson's gonna be a Pro Bowler, and he said Nah, Nah, Nah. And very next year he was a Pro Bowler. So oh, yeah. that was no, cool. I when they originally drafted him, I felt like it was an amazing pick. I thought I was very happy when they got him. So yeah, he 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 fell down the draft board. So that was that was amazing. He's he's not touted quite as high as like you know, pro football focus or whatever. But I I think nah, I think he's a little bit. Focus. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a little bit uh, overlooked. With that said, the room as a whole, I don't believe in our strong safeties as much. To Sean Gibson, you know, I, I Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson. I I hope that they're all fine and serviceable but again like <laughs> i don't think that that's a, a studly room i think that b- behind eddie jackson we got a couple you know normies so uh that's fine i think yeah i think that we're a good b b room if we if we had another you know uh real starting caliber uh strong safety i'd feel better but yeah b, b is fair well that's all the position groupings. Uh, we did not go through like the special teams. You didn't. Uh, you didn't say kicker. Yeah. Carlos Santos. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I feel good about Carlos Santos. Um, Bro, he had like the best. He had like the best statistical season in Bears yeah. history or something last year. Like best. Oh, well, that, I would have to go back on that because I mean, Robbie Gold had some really good years, but he did. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Santos had the most accurate season, like, like field in Bears goal history. Percentage? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, he, he missed, was, like, he, two. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense, then. I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was something, I just read that, like, he, he he set a record last year, like, as his first. I that's why, it. I mean. It was a good yeah, year. Pinheiro is, is a blip in the past. Oh. You don't even remember Pinheiro. Like, who's Pinheiro? I didn't Pinheiro? even remember that name. Yeah. Exactly, wow. <laughs> exactly. 
because Santos just came in and swept. So I very, very quickly I'd say I think that's an A. I I love yeah, Carlos yeah, Santos. I'm enough. glad we signed him to a long contract. He's he's a, he's a guy. Yeah. Uh well, that was a, a interesting run through. We had some mixed feelings as far as the different position groupings. A little bit almost fell out over our opinions on yeah, the wide receivers. Almost had a breakup. <laughs> but um, it, it's really exciting to start to head into Week One. I mean. We almost have an NFL season on our hands now. It's going to be just uh, an interesting year for this Bears team. There's no other way to put it. It's They're in such an awkward position, but it's going to be so entertaining. Like This year is going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal to be on the podcast with Zach um, just to talk about everything that's happening week in and week out. Like I feel like this team is going to have storylines no matter what. There's no way that this team does not have storylines, so we're going to have so much to talk about with y'all. Not sure if there's anything else you wanted to, to bring up, Zach, but we, we stood in there for an hour and 15 minutes. Coming yeah, out this is this is a long one. I hope <laughs> you guys enjoy all the work we put into this one because uh, be sure to leave a review because we, we, we really went in, okay? So. Yeah, well, I appreciate you all for listening, and uh, bear down. Bear down.